Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Tom Golly official podcast, and I'm so excited for today's guest. Today's guest joining me via Zoom is the wonderful and incredible singer-songwriter, Christian artist, the one and only Jason Gray. I'm like, oh, shoot. I need to be wonderful and incredible now. Hope I can pull that off. <laughs> I like to set the bar high. But you had mentioned before we went on the air that um, you had done a bunch of Zoom concerts tonight. Uh, tell me about those. I did a, I did a, a pre-recorded live stream where I played through all the songs off of my first record, All the Losers, and we sold passes to it. Um, if you wanted to watch it, you could just buy a pass or buy a pass and a T-shirt or buy a pass and this exclusive poster, you know, uh, or you could buy a pass and a private Zoom concert for 25 minutes. And so, um, so I was just doing those and they're, they're so sweet. Um, there was, uh, one of them is, uh, a lady in, um, Australia who, uh, I never make it out there, you know, so, um, I, I would probably, ever have an opportunity, you know, to, 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 to cross paths with her, but that opportunity is just really, really sweet. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was good. Well, has anybody ever asked for, asked you to play one of your older songs and you just cannot remember? Oh yeah. All, all the time. So I like to, <clears throat> a lot of the time I like to ask an audience, what would you like to hear this evening? And I take, requests now it's a little bit of a cheat because they will they will usually ask for the songs that they heard on the radio which are the songs that i play all the time you know mm -hmm. but every once in a while it'll be a crowd with like true fans like true long time fans who've been with me from the beginning and even have my earlier independent records you know and they'll ask for uh, play curiosity killed the cat i'm like oh my gosh i haven't played that in 20 years what are you doing to me right now and then i have to be like oh thank you so much for knowing the old songs that that means like you're like a true fan thank you so much for asking for that but no sorry yeah. how, how long have you been releasing music and we usually make a joke out of it so uh i released my first record in 1997 okay so you've been at this a minute yeah, isn't that crazy? Twenty-three, wow. so, twenty-four years. Wow, yeah, not crazy. Yeah, it sure is. Now, what, what? Uh, I mean, what is it that you would say was the it? It was the hardest thing early in in your career, and maybe still is. Well, it's always hard to get people to get enough people paying attention that you can make a living doing it. You know, that's the hardest part. And it's, it's weird too. You just have to be really careful to not become resentful and, and okay. I think that's it. I think the hardest part is maintaining a purity of heart that doesn't get twisted by resentment or bitterness, you know, mm -hmm. um, just in in terms of you know oh, okay like an example uh i've never 
won a Dove Award. I don't need a Dove Award. I don't need that validation. But I hear a lot of people describe me as one of the best songwriters in our genre, you know. And uh, but then uh, I'm not nominated, uh, nominated for a Dove Award. And then I see who who does win the Dove Award for Songwriter of the Year, and I've written with that person before. And I'm like, they're not writing. They're they're they're, they're saying I yeah. I, I like that line that you said, and I don't like that line that you said. You know, they're 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 more acting as an editor. Sure. And 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 I can get bitter and jaded about that, and I can be tempted to think that you know I deserve that. But then you know it only takes a minute to realize. Okay, yeah, but if I got it, there'd be a thousand other songwriters who are better than me would say, I should have had it. You know what I mean? Sure. And, uh, so, so, so I, I, I think, you know, um, keeping my heart in the right place. And, and also too, I like, I remember I was honoring, um, I was, I was presenting an ASCAP award to, to, uh, to J- J- Jason Ingram, who's a songwriter who's written many, many songs that everybody would know. And uh, and he and he he was being honored, and they asked me to present. And I've written with him, and I said, there there are two ways to have a, a hit song. At least two of the ways are you can know your audience so well that you know how to say the things that will press their buttons and get them to respond and get them to care about your song and and buy the record you can do that and that's a form of manipulation or you can know your audience so well that you know how to speak their language you know how to speak to their heart because you know them so well and uh and that's what i believe my friend his name does um and uh so one of the challenges is always not, you know, like you can see the control panel in front of you and you can have a sense like, oh, if I say this, if I, if I pull this lever, <laughs> it's, it's gonna, it's gonna make it happen, you know, and, and it's, sure. it's gonna, and how do you write a song or do, or do a concert? This uh, same thing happens when I, I stand before an audience. I see the control panel in front of me, you know, if I say something about America <laughs> or <laughs> I say something uh, patriotic or something religious or something like that, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have them, you know, and how do you stand there with the control, the control panel in front of you and not use it and, and be led by the spirit instead, you know, so that's, mm-hmm always been the challenge for me it's not so challenging anymore because i i, I think i've, I've made it a, a habit to never use the control panel mm. i don't think i do that that's something that i have struggled with it's like hey i know that if we do this one cool thing during this song it's gonna have them but now depends on the situation i mean if if yeah. it's worship if it's sunday morning it's hard to go hey i could totally use the, that control panel as you put it 
but you have to really step back. Whereas what I've enjoyed about doing the CCM thing is that like, I kind of take the Bart Millard approach, which he talked about one time, how what he does, they don't consider it worship. What Mercy Me does, they consider it you know, an hour and a half of entertainment with the gospel in it. And in that case, it's a different approach. It's a different thing. And um, I've sort of subscribed to that, but yet still tried to find the balance of making sure that, you, you know, you don't make it about you. Yeah. But, but I will say that... Um, you know, where you talked about being bitter about the Dove Awards and things like that, I, I have found as an indie artist really just trying to scratch the surface or just try to get someone's attention to yeah. go, hey, I'm doing some things here. Like, someone give me a hand. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is an industry that if, if somebody doesn't speak for you, somebody doesn't open a door for you, you're not kicking it open. You can't buy your way into it. It's just, you know, so... My bitterness has been when I see certain people, it's like, man, what what has that person done? They've done nothing. They're not even touring. They've never even released a song. And they're on tour with him? They're on a tour bus for three months on that tour? What am I doing wrong? What, what else do I have to do? <laughs> and um, so I think for me, that's been a struggle. I mean, have have you ever have you ever hit a spot like that in your career where you're just like, man, this isn't fair, and just thought about doing something else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, constantly. You know, and it's it's one of those things, too, like like the cliche of, of, of the, the person who works for wealth or to climb the corporate ladder only to find that everything, you know, they're still lonely and sad. Like, it didn't. Uh, it didn't solve the problem, you know. Um, as an outsider of the industry, I did this for years independently and believed that the record deal and the song on the radio and, you know, that, that then that'll change things. And it, it's, um, and it, it did. I don't want to, I don't want to pretend that I haven't been blessed and that it, you know, it hasn't changed things, but you still feel a, a lot of what you were describing, you know, and, and just mm -hmm. trying to, you know. But yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a season of that right now, where I, you know, um, there's that verse: "Do not grow weary in well doing." Mm. Well, why would that verse be in there? Uh, well, it's because what happens when you are in the middle of well-doing you're going to get weary which is interesting because our, our our assumption is that no if you're if you're doing well if you're doing god's will he's going to you're going to be empowered you're going to you know but no it's it's right there well-doing causes weariness mm. and so that verse had to be in there do not grow weary in well-doing you know so i think the I think that's the one thing that I always think is strange is, you know, we talk about like following, following the will of God, doing what God has called you to do. And yeah, I think like, like, at least for me, I often look at like, hey, if I'm supposed to wear these shoes, they're going to fit and they're going to be comfortable. Right. They're going to look good, feel good, all that. But I find in, in, in this walk, in this journey, 
following God's will feels like wearing the wrong shoes <laughs> all the time. And it's like, oh, yeah. hey, I just want to take these off and put shoes on that fit God. And it's like, no, those are the shoes. And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think that's a struggle at times where it's, the big question ends up being, well, why? Now, I know that you, you know this. You've talked about this extensively, how a lot of times you see, you don't really see what God was doing until you get on the other side of it. And you're like, oh, okay, I had to go through that to get here, or I had to go through this to become this. Yeah. So a lot of times that does make sense. But I, I and, and you just mentioned how you're kind of in the season you're at now. What I noticed most artists, because I got really, really sad uh, earlier this year, and I'm still kind of trying to navigate through this, but yeah. I just had this moment of like, do I even want to do this anymore? Because COVID just shut everything down. It yeah. just totally just brought everything to a halt. And I think what, you know, most people did like I did, and they kind of filled that void with other things as best they could. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, time to get back you know get back to it and i find that most artists are struggling with like you know yeah. can i do this again and 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 i don't know if that's more because we all kind of had the the rug pulled out from under us and that could very well happen again and for me i wonder is like do you think that that's just um, the normal human condition when, when something you're passionate about becomes something you just absolutely can't do and that it's hard to get started again? Or do you think that there is something spiritual going on trying to stop us from do like just being used by God to do what we've been doing for so long? Gosh, what a good question. Um, maybe like anything else, I imagine there are like 20 layers to it, you know? Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, I don't know if it's any one thing, maybe a loss of momentum could mm -hmm. be one of them. Um, for me, a part of it is I'm wrestling with this and I, you know, and I, I, I don't have, Anyone who's listening to this, I'm going to ask for your grace because I don't have perfect language for all of it yet. So my language may come off as uh, self-righteous. Maybe some of it is and whatever. My language isn't going to be perfect about all this. So I'm working it out. But it's, I do... I do feel like a little bit of weariness with the, uh, I'll call it the evangelical Christian experience and experiment. Um, the way of doing church, the way of doing Christianity that I came up in um, yeah. feels very limited and limiting to me now. Like I'm, like I'm aware my sense is that uh, it's a hostile environment for the the conversations that I most want to have and that seem the most real. Maybe that's not true of the church. Maybe that's my own fear. You know what I mean? Like, 
I think about this all all the time about people who leave the church and they're angry with the church because the church, all they did was shame me. And I get that feeling. I thought that at one time in my life, but then as I grew up a little bit more, I realized, oh, actually, you know what? The shame was already in me. And the shame that was in me caused me to tune in to certain words and messages that I heard from the pulpit. Sure. And uh, I'm not entirely sure that I can lay it all on the church's doorstep. That the church shamed me, you know. Actually, I think I had shame in me, and that caused me to to hear things through a certain filter. So I'm 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 at least part of of what happened there. You know what I mean? Well, sure. Uh, so 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 anyway, I I I recognize all that, you know. But um, but the, there is a a sense of of well, before we started recording, I joked with you about like what kind of stuff are we going to talk about? Are we going to are we going to cuss and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> no, that guy's making a joke. And I mean, we can. <laughs> conversation was, well, maybe that's not in everybody's best interest, you know, because right, uh, we have careers to think of and all that kind of stuff. Um, and completely, completely reasonable uh, statement. Um, but 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 there is that sense of uh, being filtered. Actually, you said, man, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna have you play a song. May I play you a song anyway? If Dave, that's what you want to do. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, may I play you a a new song? Okay. <clears throat> a brand new song. It's pretty short, but I think it'll say all this better than I'm saying it right now. <clears throat> yeah. Rock and roll. It's hard to tell the truth when I'm in church. Sometimes it's just more trouble than it's worth. So I'll keep my loaded questions close to the best. Imagining their faces when I'm standing there undressed. Because it's hard to tell the truth when I'm in church. And it's hard to tell the truth when I'm in pain. Afraid you think I'm weak and run away. We line up to kiss the winners while we send the losers home. So I'll smile and say that I'm okay before I risk being alone. Because it's hard to tell the truth when I'm in pain. Oh, 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 yes, it's hard. It's hard to tell the truth. And it's hard to tell the truth to myself. When I'm the perfect demographic for the lies I want to sell. In the mirror, there's a devil and an angel I can see. And they'll both lead me to ruin for the truth that sets me free. But it's hard to tell the truth to myself. 
Um, wow. So that's that, part of what I'm talking about is that sense that uh, it's hard to say what I really feel, what's really going on in the church setting. And wow. I really think the way I did, hoping that that'll resonate at the beginning of like, yeah, the church, boo, you know. <laughs> but, the, you know, to, 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 um, to tap into that kind of uh, self-righteous anger that we have towards the church that brought us up and took such good care of us, you know, and, and, and uh, helped us in so many ways. Talk about taking, <laughs> like, stuff that I'm working through and putting into a song. Like I, I've really been working through um, my issues with church and what church is, is and and it's, it's more than just what I think it should be, but I think there's just more of what, what just looking at, like, well, what are we doing? What are we doing with the gospel? What are we doing in these buildings? I have yet to find a church in Nashville I feel like I belong in. And I see things like a friend of mine recently, um, he went through a divorce. He chose to get divorced. He was only married a couple of months. Um, and it was a weird situation because he wanted to end the relationship prior to the marriage because he just didn't feel like it was the right fit. He got pressured and guilt tripped into following through with it. And very quickly, he found himself in a very abusive relationship. And when he just knew this wasn't the right thing at all, he went to, he got wanted to get out of it. Well, the pastor is like, wouldn't leave him alone. Basically like insisting they meet with him, insisting that he not get divorced. And he just knew this is what he needs to do. Yeah. And when he made the decision, finally, you know, he's now divorced. He was informed uh, very recently that he's no longer welcome at that church or any of its campuses because he refused, um, uh, what is it, spiritual? The, the, he refused counseling and the and to adhere to the spiritual authority of the pastors. Yeah. And I can't think of a moment in the Bible where anyone was told they weren't welcome in the church. Um, and it it really just so like th there's thing when I see things like that, it's like what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing as a church? And then I look at me as an artist going, well, part of what I do is try to make music that makes guys like me, who 12 years ago wouldn't have been caught dead in a church, go, hey, guys, the church is a safe place. It's the place where you're going to find, you know, meaning and purpose in God. And you're going to find people who are going to support you and walk through because that's what I found initially but I don't feel like that's anywhere. And it's like, well, how do I continue trying to point people to Jesus and go, but th these, these local churches, these men and women that serve, uh, they're, they're your people. And I don't know that I could support that anymore with what I've seen. I've seen more issues like what my friend went through. Uh, and then even just some seasons like I went through where I'm just like, what happened? What, what's happened over the last 10 years where, or for at least in my experience, where church went from a place that felt safe and the presence of God did amazing things in to where now people are being told they're not welcome. They're, they're being told that they have to do the pastor's will, what the pastor thinks they should do with their lives or not come. Like what's, it's just, it's a strange place to be. And it's a strange place to feel like, I mean, I feel like a lot of what we do is invite people, you know, to, to, get to know God, maybe give them hope, point them in the direction 
of this thing that, at least for me, has caused me a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and people I love a lot of hurt and a lot of pain when it used to provide them with just something totally opposite of that. You know, it's, it's, it's tricky. I know there, there is precedent in the epistles of, 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 uh, like excommunicating people who are persistent in their rebellion, you know, that's in the epistles. And at the same time, I don't see the spirit of that in Jesus's ministry. Right. And so there is this rub, like I'm, 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 I'm beginning to do some research on the difference between the gospel of Jesus and, and the gospel of Paul. And that that's, it's, it's, it's a very yeah. thing to, to consider, you know? Um, but like, I've also been, I've also been going through a phase like, like I've, I've always been a, I did not think through this to talk about it, but I'm going to do my best to <laughs> articulate it. But, but like, it's fine. Something like for years I've heard and I've said, you know, once the church had the grace awakening, which was beautiful and needed, I would still use more of it probably, but um, there was a sense of no, uh, the church is a safe place. The love of God is a safe place. Acceptance. Everyone to come in. And I, I agree with that. I, I've, I've been, I've been curious lately about the value of judgment. No one wants to be judgmental. I don't want to be judgmental. Right. But, um, because I've been thinking a lot about the role. Well, I've been thinking about masculinity and uh, uh, masculine archetypes and uh, what does it mean to be a man? What is a man's role? What's a father's role specifically? And have come down to the fact that, well, I, I think a part of a dad's role is to be, is to be the judge because we need a judge, you know, and in Christianity, we do kind of have this, we kept, we kind of have it built in because we have Jesus who's love and, you know, uh, everyone come, he's accepting, but standing behind him is the God of the old Testament. Right. So like we still do get a little bit of the benefit of, of having the judge meaning I think we need a judge. Okay. I'm speaking kind of, ambiguously but i'll say this i i i know parents i know of, of parents who are of compassion and empathy and gentle and accepting and loving so loving and they uh they're great you know but maybe their kids are not quite as in line as they yeah they could be, you know, um, I have another friend who's a dad. He's, 
he's pretty hardcore. Yeah. And the law and his kids respect him, but there's not a lot of intimacy between him and his right. His kids and there's kind of there's always kind of like a little bit of angst and and he is the judge, you know. And all of his kids are like the best human beings I've ever met. Yeah. And so like I've been thinking about that. Like like here's what I've been wondering. Like, is it difficult for him to be the judge? Because he's he's the bad guy. But is that like a, a kind of self-sacrifice? Yeah. Because yeah. It has served his kids well, and uh, but I, but I think he's paid a price for that. So so like all those things are on my mind. All that to say, uh, my the way that I would lean is I I don't know that I would excommunicate that. Yeah, I agree. That man. Um, that wouldn't be my style. Um, but with these the ideas that I'm working through, is there maybe some kind of a benefit of going through that experience? Sure. You know what I mean? And I think so. And I think, you know, and I think that the challenge is, and like, this is some obvious benefit either of, of like, yeah. you know, like, uh, well, well, yes, it's going to, it's going to teach him that if you do the wrong thing, you're out. I don't mean that, but, but is there some kind of benefit to experiencing that fall from grace so that he can find new grace in the next place? Or who knows? Sure. I couldn't. Well, what I what, that, what, what what I what I struggled with a lot was literally this is a person who is was I mean, he literally like I've known him for years. And this is a, he's probably the only person I would leave my social security number, my bank cards, all my cash, keys to my safe with, you know, he's that guy, just a man of integrity, honesty, and just, he's just literally like, like I joke around, I call him Captain America because he's literally just the most true blue guy I've ever known. And just, you know, when he, honestly, I knew, I knew that when he got married, I'm like, because he, he called me. I, I've never seen this man cry a day ever. He's just not that guy. And he called me on Facebook one time one night crying. And yeah. he's just like, yeah, things aren't going well, man. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know what to do. And we talked through it. And I told him, man, I think you need to get out of this relationship or at least take a break from it before, instead of getting, getting married. Well, you know, I don't know exactly. Now, I know later he was essentially guilt-tripped and manipulated into getting married. Um and again, I, I don't want to share all the details, but ultimately I will say this. He was in a very toxic, um, very, very narcissistic situation um, where pretty much he would get told like, uh, you know, well, if, if, if you get divorced, you're going to hell. And that was very manipulative. That was very, you know, and, and to me, he just made a mistake going into something that I can tell you if you knew everything we were to know going into it, you might argue it was never the will of God for this union to take place. So I have a hard time saying, hey, we worship a God that says, well, that wasn't my will, but because it's marriage and you agreed to it, sorry, I just don't think we serve a God that's that way. Well, I just don't. 
before you get to that statement, there's a bunch of other statements that are iffy. Sure. Like there's a lot of shaky ground, you know, on the way to there, you know, um, even, I mean, you know, like at, at some point, well, just, and, 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 and I don't, I don't know him or, or the, you know, sure. I'm speaking. Right. But, but I mean, um, all that to say, you know, there have been unfair things that have happened to me or things that I, I perceived as unfair anyway. Yeah. According to me. Uh, uh, and, and, uh, I got the raw deal, I think on a few things, but I remember a friend of mine said something once he, he said, man, I hate what you're going through right now, but, uh, I wonder how things would feel differently in you if you could receive everything that's from the hands of the Lord. Now, theologically, I don't know how to apply that to everything. I don't know how to apply that to right. rape, right. genocide, or any of those things. But um, but there was something about changing that posture to like, okay. And, 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 and maybe saying receive everything from the hands of the Lord is vulnerable to misunderstanding because of how religious that language is. Let me put it this way. Um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, the rule of yes and. Have you heard that before? So yes. like uh, if you ever watched Whose Line Is It Anyway or any kind of improv comedy, the way it works is like if you and I are doing improv comedy, you come up with a scenario, you know? So the other day I was walking to the supermarket and I ran into a gorilla. And then you look at me, you throw it to me and I have to build on that, you know, in order for that to work, I have to say yes to what you offered me right. and to build on it. And if I, if I say, no, 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 I'm not going to do the gorilla thing. It stops the momentum. Right. Or if I say yes, but I'm going to tweak it a little bit, you know, which is like what they did with the, the third new Star Wars movie, like, because, well, the fans weren't so crazy about the number two movie, so we'll keep going, but we're going to switch everything, you know? Anyway, um, yes, but causes its own problems. But yes, and keeps the story moving, right? That's interesting, and yeah. think about that as, like, oh, that's a great spiritual discipline to, to accept what comes my way that can't be changed. I can't change it. So all I can do is accept it and build on it, you know? Um, and, uh, and that's just a, a, a fruitful way of living that saves me from resentment and bitterness. Right. And, and, and keeps my eye open. It keeps me tuned to possibility too. Which I guess that's what we need to have because, like I said, I mean, all of this is basically circled around where things I've seen happen in church to make us go, what's going on? Like, yeah. what, what? why are we doing this? To You know, and I, somebody has said once to me, he said, you know, Christians are the only, the only, only ones in the world who shoot their own wounded. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what a, what a topic, you know? 
But um, and a little quick segue. You said something earlier though, about you know the uh, according to me that might be a song right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 I'm glad that that uh, came back around to, to. Okay, just to kind of wrap all that up with just a little bit of clarity. I I I'm so hesitant to speak into this at all because you're yeah. speaking of a real story, and I'm 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 kind of being curious about it as you know like in a speculative a speculative way yeah um but so like i don't mean this for for that person and what they've gone through i'm sure is awful so like i don't mean to i don't have any opinions about that i'm just going to be curious in my own yeah own mind about things that i've gone through oh yeah i'm i'm at a place where it has it's better for me to use the language of accept everything as those from the hands of the Lord or yes. And then to walk away wounded and, and, and carry that woundedness yeah. with me too long, you know? Um, and, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm much healthier and happier. And you know how I learned how to get there by being wounded so many times. Right. You know what I mean? Um, that's how I learned how to navigate all that. So, Would so you say I, you have to embrace that? You have to embrace it or you're almost like welcome. Not like, ah, welcome maybe isn't the right word, but like you have to embrace those seasons and, and, and try to see the purpose in being wounded. Yeah. The, the, the yes and thing. And the purpose thing can be tricky too, because I, I think we can be, uh, if we're not careful, our mind can start working like, oh, everything happens for a reason. And this happened because of this. Well, sure. Maybe, but like, we don't know that. Or, or, or at least I feel like I don't know that. I'm, and I'm going to stay as much out of the realm of speculation as I can. What I do know is that this thing I did go through, whether it was God's will or not or whatever, by God's grace, it did produce this thing in me that I'm grateful for now. I don't know if I was meant to go through it or supposed to, or that was the purpose of it. But, it, you know, it's like I say, like, like I, I, I heard a song called Nothing is Wasted. And I wrote that song because I can't, because I don't have this, the faith to say everything happens for a reason. I don't have that faith. Right. Sure. Maybe that's true, but I'm I'm not there. I, I don't know how to believe that. However, what I, I can say with confidence is that no matter what happens, anything that happens, it's it's not beyond God's redemptive reach to do sure good with it and to make sense. See, I I've been trying to take the so one thing I struggle with and, and, and I don't I've never really shared this with anybody publicly, but like I know that I struggle with a lot of um, I don't want to call it unforgiveness because I've tried the forgiveness thing and it doesn't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fix what's it's still there. It's yeah. like this is something. And, yeah. So what? Yeah, but so what, what I've tried to do is subscribe to the idea that man, life is beautiful. Even yeah. the pain is beautiful. Because without the pain, the good times 
you wouldn't even know they're good. Yeah. You, would, you know, you wouldn't know what joy is if you didn't know what pain was. Yeah. Um, and also it's just like, we are just machines. Our, our bodies are these problem solving machines that learn, ow, that hurts. Don't do that again. And you go through life to where you get to this point where you know what not to touch because it hurts. You know what, you know, where to go because it doesn't hurt. And there's a beauty in that passing it on to your kids or other people. And I've really tried to really look at things with a grateful, um, just a grateful heart and try to see the beauty even in the pain. But it's still difficult because there are things or people's, you know, people that in my lifetime, their name comes up and there's just this, not that it physically happens, but this something inside, just a, like a clench of the fist. And you're oh. like, but I have forgiven this person, but why do I still, why do, why do I still get tense when that name yeah. comes up? And I know that that's a big struggle for me and wondering, well, God, you, you say to forgive and I do, but it doesn't fix it. Yeah. That's a challenge for me personally, because then like you talked about, it can manifest itself where you start to correlate a lot of chain of events and everything seems very similar and you can kind of get lost in that. Yeah. Um, at least that. Yeah. I, I've, I've got some, some thoughts about that. And, and, uh, how, how old are you? Uh, me, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be 41 in September. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm 49 and it, it got better. All that, like, like, like in the last three or four years that, that, yeah. that, that clenching finally kind of stopped, you know, um, a part of it, part of it for me, I mean, forgiveness is a mystery to me and, and yeah. when it happens, I think it's a miracle because I've tried to forgive on my own and, 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 and I can only get about halfway there or a quarter of the way there, you know, by trying. But then I've, I've had these moments where I've been graced with it and, and Oh, it happened. You know? Anyway, one of those was there was somebody in my life that I had decided to forgive like 20 years ago. And no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't get there. I couldn't, I like the, the resentment still clung to my heart, you know. And then about three years ago, I woke up one morning and I was like, oh, man, I, the, the resentment is gone. Wow. I, like, I, th I think okay. I've forgiven this person. How, how did that happen? You know? And by that point in my life, I'd, 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 I'd gone through a brutal divorce, some tragic losses, some mm -hmm. failures, and all those experiences. So I thought that forgiving was about trying and deciding and I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to forgive. And at least part of the mystery that became clear to me was that I couldn't get there by trying. It turns out that I just hadn't failed and, and suffered enough. And once I, 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 I had enough of that in my life, then the forgiveness came a lot easier, you know? Yeah. Because I can only hold resentment if I imagine I'm above somebody, right? I think, like, they did this thing wrong, and 
and and I feel what I feel about it because I wouldn't have done that, <laughs> you know, um, like like because we have a sense that one of our standards was violated. Do you think? You know, it, it, it's interesting that you, you say it that way. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. And, but now that you mention it, I'm going, wow, you know what? You might be on to something. Because, you know, there's a, like for me, I, I'm definitely dealing with that, with a relatively recent situation where it's like, okay, um, I realize, you know what, may, maybe part of my resentment is in the fact that like, okay, we this there's this thing that happened i've owned it i've owned my side of it going hey this is this is my wrong and you're right for because i did that wrong and i did that wrong and that wrong and that wrong and if i could go back and change it i would and that person is you know you're sort of waiting for that own yours now and we're good and they're just like yep that's right (laughs) okay what about you what about your stuff and they they don't own it, and the, then maybe you're right. Maybe on some level, there's a, I'm above you for owning it. You won't own it. There's there needs to be some some uh, um, maybe justice or or um, something that needs to happen there. And and to so may, maybe you're maybe you're honest. Something I never maybe. looked at it. To, yeah, yeah. I've just never looked at it from that perspective of. Maybe that ultimately is sort of the problem is seeing yourself above in a situation. But then again, then again, there is some situations for me that I mean, I got stuff from like when I was a kid that I didn't even realize until I became my mom's caretaker a couple years ago. She 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 moved here to Tennessee, uh, was dealing with cancer Hmm. and there was just maybe a thing she'd say or do when it came with to my kids and it would just like flash a memory of something that I'm just like, no, don't you dare do that to them. (laughs) Cause, and it's just like, Whoa. Um, you know, and it's like, well, I don't think I'm above you. I was a child and you treated me that way. Or you said that thing. And I realized the ripple effect that that's had up and even into adulthood. Yeah. And then when you go, Hey, do you realize how wrong that is? And they're like, what's the problem? I'm just joking. It's like, wait, what? So, but that's a scenario where I don't know necessarily that that applies, but there are plenty of situations where you're right. I think that there is this sense of like being above in a situation that can create that resentment. That that's actually brilliant. I'm sorry that you had those experiences. You know what though? I I'm coming to a place of being grateful for it, yeah. which is crazy because otherwise I look at, cause I look at my life, man. And, and, and I, I look at a lot of the things I'm able to do and I kind of can look back and go, well, if, if I hadn't been told no to that thing or been rejected from that thing or, or, you know, just been treated maybe treated a certain way that caused me to have a certain kind of behavior then a lot of the things that i'm successful in in my life are a result of those coping mechanisms to deal with those things so i've i'm sort of a highly productive um person with with those issues however at the same time uh you know it it I, i guess i have no choice but to try to just be grateful that 
there's you know there's a million people billion people in 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 the world who would trade places with me and my experiences in a heartbeat because they you know they'd tell a story and it would make make everything i'm talking about seem like an absolute joke right so i'm trying to really hard to gain learn to just understand the perspective one person's floor is another person's ceiling Yeah, yeah and i think part of our journey is in life is going going through this stuff to shape who we're supposed to be yeah a person can only hurt us if they have some kind of power over us right um if they don't have power over us they can't hurt us right but if they have some kind of power over us emotional physical authoritative whatever a person can only hurt us if they have power over us and it is my lack of forgiveness my way of 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 getting power again so that i don't get hurt again so that now i've got the power by holding unforgiveness over a person but um but i think the older i've gotten and like the more experiences of failure especially and loss and suffering i I think it's just kind of equalized so many things in my life there are very few people that i have this the the the, there are less people who have power over me at this in my life you know so that is that sort of a result of allowing less people to be close enough uh i i also i'm not sure i i think a part of it is just getting older you know um not not caring as much that helps that's freedom (laughs) there's a lot of freedom in not caring um but yeah i think that's i think that's a piece of it we left one thing tangling earlier that i was like oh man i hope i get to clarify that the song i played i was saying i started out hoping to tap into people's angst with the church that they might have but by the end of the song i've hopefully brought them to a place of personal responsibility it's hard to tell the truth to myself you know and uh ultimately that's what i think we have to do that your song kind of touches on it loosely where Uh i end up and and again i I, it's not something i cognize i like mean to do but um, I constantly get it brought to my attention that like, hey, man, you're you're shining the spotlight on other things right now. Like, I, I'm asking you what's going on with you. And you're like, well, you see that thing over there? That's bothering me. That's that's making me feel this way. And that and that and that's problem. And that's problem. It's like, well, that's yeah. great. But what's what's going on with you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm good. But that thing. And it's like so what your song loosely talks about is like, hey this church is doing this thing and blah, blah, blah. I can't be honest in church and church, but then it's ultimately like, I can't look inward. Yeah. You know? So that song really was like, wow, that that's, that's like real, man. That that's, that's the, and, and I think that's a common thing for most people. That's exactly really what have a hard time. For. Yeah, totally. We're going to turn on the spotlight. We sure like having a spotlight to point yeah. at these things. Right. And then by the end, Oh shoot. <laughs> yep. Yep. I also struggle with um, early early on in my Christian music career. Anytime I would meet with people or talk with people, a couple people had kind of said to me, "Hey, man, you know, you talk about yourself too much." And I'm like, 
I do what? Oh no. So like it just became this thing of like, don't talk about yourself, don't talk about yourself, don't talk about yourself. And I think that now it's just become this like, uh oh, how can people get to know you if you don't talk about you? How can people understand your heart if you don't talk about your heart? Um but then again, you talked about like Jason Ingram as a songwriter really tries to he really finds ways to you know, really just speak what's on other people's hearts. And it's yeah. like, I don't know how to do that either. Yeah. But um, so, you know, uh, let me yeah, ask you this. Something about that all. Um, for many, many years, many, for most of my career. Yeah. The, the criticism I got was you talk too much in your concerts. You talk there's way too much talking. Just, just play the songs. And somewhere in me, I am thankful that I, I didn't believe that, but I listened. I thought, I don't think that, it's, that I talk too much. It must be that I'm not, I don't know how to do it well enough yet, you know? And so rather than s- stop talking, I just learned how to do it better, you know? Um, and, you know, I watched how, how Springsteen, would do it. I watched how artists like David Wilcox would do it, you know? Yeah. Storytellers. And I just, I learned how to do it better um, in a way that began to resonate, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that, you know, it, it may not be that you were talking too much about yourself. Maybe you just still had to learn the way to do it that would build bridges between you and the people to be fair yeah i mean it was probably there was probably a lot of me trying to i mean and i think you can maybe remember the early days of being a a, a new artist and you first meet people and you want people to be impressed with you and remember you so you you sort of you know boast 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 and i probably i may have done a lot of more of that than now now i'm just like man it's interesting how how much you learn to get better at that kind of thing yeah. over time especially in a town like this so yeah but yeah. so i i do want to ask you this now that there may be some people i mean most people who know me um and may will tune into this podcast know probably know you or at, if they don't know you directly and you know how this is in the christian music industry they don't know the artist they know the song <laughs> I oh i didn't know he did that song right right or like oh that's the guy uh, or you know very quickly they just i mean they i mean you probably, and I was going to ask you this earlier, but you have you ever had like these concerts where people request songs that aren't yours and but they think it is all the time, all the yeah. time. Yeah, it, it, it mostly happens in the autograph line. They'll come up to me and, and oh, right. oh man, this song changed my life. I can't think of nothing, and they'll name like a Brandon Heath song or a Casting Crown song. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I get, I'm glad you liked it. Bless you. I get. I get told all the time people are like, you know, I'll play a festival somewhere and people just, I don't know what it is. If it just, I don't know if it's my voice, but they're like, how come you didn't play any of the songs that we hear on the radio? I'm like, I love your new single that just came out. I'm like, who do they, and they don't ever say what song or who, but it's like, who do they think I am? Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's weird. And why wouldn't I have played that song? That's so odd. But, um, so again, a lot of people that know me may not, may or may not know you. So, um, they may be surprised to learn. I know you've talked about this a lot, uh, in your career, but, um, you have the, uh, you have the, 
you have your I I mean, I guess for lack of a better word, but you you have the stuttering a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I meant to bring that up at, at the yeah. top of our talks, and I I completely forgot. So. Yeah. Yes, now, I do have a speech number. Was there ever a time in your career, uh, or maybe especially in the early days, where maybe somebody flat out said to you, like, you have to fix that or you can't have a career? No, that never happened with my speech impediment. Um, if, if, if anybody thought that, they never spoke it to me. Yeah. Uh, they did say it about my name. My last name used to be Gay. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, and 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 uh, I was told you'll never have a career in Christian music with with the last name Gay, just because it's confusing to consumers. They aren't going to understand, and it's just you know. Sure. And I'm like, well, God knew my name when He called me. He didn't seem to have a problem with it, you know. Like I was, I, I really resisted that for a long time. I did end up changing it obviously because you're having an interview with jason gray but um i changed it ultimately because you know it was around the time when the internet was just beginning to be ubiquitous you know and, and sure. email addresses and websites and people weren't able to access my website or receive my emails because of porn filters and spam filters and all that kind of stuff and yeah and if you googled my name you'd get way more than you bargained for and all that <laughs> it 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 became a technological decision you know but um <clears throat> you know i remember very early on as i began to be aware of god's calling on my life i i i wondered how well how's this supposed to work because i got sure and then i was like Oh, of course, I know how this is supposed to work. I have a speech handicap. <clears throat> you're calling me to speak for you. That means when I step out in faith and do it anyway, you're going to make it go away. And yeah. that'll be my testimony that if you step out in faith, if you trust God, he will be your healer. He will provide <laughs> what you need. You know, God's hand will not guide where he does not provide. And I thought, okay, that's perfect. Can't believe I didn't see it earlier. All right, I'm in, you know. And that began a, a many years long journey of me trying to muster up enough faith to get God to do this thing, you know? Yeah. And stepping up to the mic and stuttering horribly anyway. And, and, and <laughs> like, okay, I must not be believing hard enough. Or maybe there's, there's, there, there's, there's a, a, a sin in my life. Like the person at my, ch at my church tells me, or, you know, and that that put me on this uh, on this um, shame try harder treadmill. Wait, people told you that, y y that it didn't go away because you had sin in your life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was I was uh, I was a part of a very charismatic church that had a high emphasis on 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 healing. Um, and so I gotta say. I, I first off, I I'm so sorry that that you had oh. to go through that. Yeah, because I mean, it's right up there with a, another close friend of mine who lost his wife to cancer. Yeah, literally the I know those people so well. Literally, he would tell people, "Listen, um, don't call us. We <laughs> like they he'd spend twenty four forty eight hours 
together with her and they would just nonstop pray. They put on worship music and they pray yeah. for 24 hours, 40. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and she didn't she she didn't get healed. Yeah. She passed. And somebody had the audacity to say like it's just a shame they didn't have enough faith. And I was just like, I mean, that you know, when someone says that about someone you love and you know their walk so well, and then I hear that that story, it's just like, man, like, so I'm an Enneagram eight. So like my <laughs> my my inner my inner justice league warrior is totally. like yeah. destroy. <laughs> you well, know? there's 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 a lot of immaturity out there, isn't there? And, and yeah. Yeah. And there's just a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of this want to be holier than thou. And yeah. it's easy when you're healthy to tell everybody else, well, you're sick because you're, you don't do as I do. Totally. But it's, it, it yeah, but man, that's, I just, it just makes me sad because that someone would, would put you in that cage because that, that, that's what happened. Right. I mean, you end up in this prison of do more, try harder. Yeah. And, and, and and so you know, I was in that headspace for a number of years until you know enough anger and frustration and resentment built up that I, I got angry with God. I'm like, what? What gives? I'm doing my best, and if my best isn't good enough, then why are we even talking? Because I'm 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 doing everything I know to do, and it feels like you're you're dangling this gift of healing just out of reach you know that and, 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 yeah and i'm stepping out in faith and you're not meeting me there that's not a good look for you either so so what what do you want you know and but i couldn't stop going out and playing songs doing my thing i, I just i had to do that you know and, and i remember a night um i was uh I was playing at a little coffee shop in Mankato, Minnesota, and stuttered horribly that night. So it was another night of of, of me failing God or God failing me. At that point, I I didn't. It wasn't clear to me, you know, which one yeah. or if it was either. Um, but I remember getting done and just being humiliated and wanting to go hide. But there's no place to hide. There was just the stage and the coffee shop. You know, so I I step off the stage and I. I turn my back to the room and I start packing up my things and I turn around to find that a, a line of people has formed to talk with me. And then one after the other, I began to hear variations of the same story. Jason, thank you for doing what you did this evening. Cause it reminds me that I'm not defined by my weaknesses either. And then, you know, just on through the line. And then there was a guy at the end of the line, uh, he said, you know what, uh, thank you for what you did this evening. I believe the Lord's been calling me to do something too. And I've been arguing with him about why I think I'm not the right person for the job. And you're kind of a disaster. If you can do your thing, surely I can do my thing. You know? And uh, <laughs> I remember going home that night and, uh, and, and realizing, oh, I think I had it wrong. Maybe it's not that you wanted to heal me of my speech handicap, but maybe you wanted to bring healing to others through it. Through it, yeah. And that's more beautiful than the idea that I had. So if that's the plan, I'm in, you know. So, yeah, you know, and 
There's also the scripture that says his power is made perfect in my weakness. So that's so very, I mean, that, very early on. I was, I was graced with that lens. Um, so I, I, I didn't, I didn't struggle very long with the speech thing. My speech handicap is the least of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I mean, that's, you know, it, it's interesting sometimes what seems like the most glaringly obvious problem for most people just isn't. It's the one you don't see. That's the totally. Yeah. That's the worst one. The obvious know, problems and, are kind of easier to deal with because you can see them. Yeah. The sneaky hidden ones that really cause you problems. Um, yeah. Speaking of like we've, 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 we've talked a little bit about uh, the church and, what it should be, and, and, and some of that can be problematic. Uh, I've been to some great churches too, you know, so like I know, oh, yeah, I know that there's both are represented, you know, but but like just with anything, and I really don't think it's a church problem, I think it's a human problem. I'm, I'm, I'm more and more persuaded that the sin underneath all the other sins is self righteousness, and maybe yeah. fear is underneath that. But but self righteousness is it's 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 right there at the bottom underneath everything else and um, f- feeding everything else. And my theory on it is this: that planet Earth is this hostile environment that we are thrown onto as human beings. Planet Earth is trying to kill us around every <laughs> right. Um, but we've learned to survive by there, there, there's 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 a safety in numbers and by becoming part of a tribe that will protect you that will keep the wolves at bay you know um and 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 uh and if you are if you're a part of a tribe you got to subscribe to what the tribe values you know and so you have yeah. to be, you have to be in line with that there's also the element of of, of like if if I recognize that planet Earth is a hostile environment and I'm just trying to survive, being wrong about something is very dangerous. It can result in death, or it can result in being excommunicated from your tribe. And so it's Correct. very important yeah. for us to be right. And we all think that we're right. If we didn't think we were right, we'd be doing something else, right? Everything we're doing, we do because we think it's right and we're right which makes us very vulnerable to self-righteousness, believing that we're right. Sure. Now, I would say, I would say too, that, you know, again, again, there, there, you, you hit the nail on the head, and we probably should have led with this versus going right into, you know, almost the, boo, church stinks. It's No, it's not that. But And it's also, I, I don't know that we can necessarily point a finger at the church more where we, I think we have to look at our world because here's the here's what I think, and this is a theory I have, is we in 2021 um, we have access to information in, a, in 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 a fraction of a second, and so what I feel like is I feel like the the church now has has the challenge because let's even go back ten years, twenty years, you go to church on Sunday, you have your pastor preaches a message, you know, and usually in that, in that message is how to apply it. 
Maybe you'll go home, you'll study that scripture. Maybe you'll get with your small group. You guys will study. It'll be great. But now what happens is pastor preaches on something, but then somebody goes home and on the way home listens to a podcast about the same topic, the same scripture, a different take, different. Uh, maybe it's a complete opposite take of the same thing. Or someone goes, you know what, I didn't really like what the pastor said about this. And then they go maybe you know, listen to a Craig Groeschel sermon that says something different. Now they go, well, I believe that instead. And I feel like the discipleship is getting taken away because people can actually go and pick and choose, you know, pieces of songs, pieces of sermons, pieces of different things and try to apply it to their own thing and kind of make it their own, uh, just sort of subscribe to their own gospel. And, but they're doing those, they're taking that in, I mean, literally, I've been part of Bible studies where people are like, well, hey, man, you know, I heard this sermon about this thing. And it's like, well, and I know for a fact because my pastor had talked about that sermon going, yeah, um, I know that so-and-so spoke about this. And he just sort of says, you know, has a correction about it. So I think the problem is we've lost our way because there's so many different takes on the same thing. No one knows what to follow anymore. Well, and. I think I think that can be a positive thing, though. I mean, like uh, the Jews. I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember. I think the book is called the Midrash. I could be wrong about that, but but anyway, there's a book, and and and, and this this uh, this um, uh, way of teaching scripture that will look at a verse and then interpret it like at least twelve different ways. Sure. And, and uh, I think that's a positive thing and has to be that so that it doesn't become too rigid because for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to save, you know, uh, what that meant to me and spoke to me 25 years ago, it speaks something different to me now, you know, so there is kind of a fluidity to it. And, and, in terms of that. And I'm sure you had this experience that, that scripture keeps speaking to you, right? Like in new yeah. ways and you see new things and that's because we keep changing and becoming, we keep increasing our capacity to hear different versions of it, you know, and, 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 uh, um, and truth speaks differently to us as we get older and have more experiences. But I think, what you were describing, though, the, I think that can get ugly. I, again, I think self-righteousness is the, the culprit, you know, that when I take all these things to kind of be my own uh, locus point of truth, like if, if, if I'm not... If I'm still in the grip of my own self-righteousness, I'm going to do damage when I do that. Sure. Well, uh, I would say what what I've personally struggled with in the vein of all of that is, um, I mean, I, and, and maybe you've gone through this too or witnessed it in others, is I, I definitely see it happening in others and then had to really look at myself and go, wait, maybe I've done that. And then I realize I have. Yeah. And it's the it's the fact of going like you talked about letting the scripture speak to you, right? Well, then there's also times where 
you hear how that's a scripture spoke to somebody that you respect or like or want to like you within your church. So you're like, well, good enough for them, good enough for me. Hey, man, that scripture spoke to me, and I believe it the same way you do. Um, yep. And and it, it made me realize that, like, man, there are some things that I have, you know, some 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 Christian beliefs that I realize that I have chosen because people I respect and like and want to like me have already subscribed to that. So me too. Totally. And, and I think that, you know, it's like, wow, if I'm guilty of that, maybe a lot of people are guilty. At, then, it, then it turned me cynical going, do we even believe any of this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think that that's the struggle. I want sometimes wake up in a sweat going like, do I really believe this or am I just, am I just joining in on a rhetoric and I, I want to have faith and I, and I know I believe, but yeah. do I, I don't know. And it's this crazy rat, uh, 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 hamster wheel of like, I don't know anymore. <laughs> What's real. <laughs> no. Man. Well, and, and I think that's a growth. I think, mm. I, I think we, hopefully we grow into that, into that. Sure. Space, you know, um, I, you think that's a good, you think that's a good place to land, to end up in? Yeah. You know, I, I was, I was going to sh share something. I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase it. There's, um, a book called the road less traveled by M Scott Peck. He compares, uh, our spiritual growth, the stages of spiritual growth as being analogous to, uh, the phases of emotional growth, you know, so like when you're born as a baby, everyone has to do everything for you and you're, you're kind of an outlaw and demanding. And I can't remember that correlation, but the next phase that a child grows into is uh, the phase of, of, of rules and order and structure. No, you cannot do this. No, you cannot do that. Yes, you can do this. And they, you know, uh, they just have to do what they're told and they're content with doing that. Well, that's what kind of happens with us, you know, like, like we are born again eventually or, 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 or have some kind of spiritual awakening. We get plugged into a church and we can kind of become rigid, you know, and right. then uh, in emotional maturity you hit your teens and and you start to look around and you're like why am i obeying these clowns they don't you know, <laughs> they're not any smarter than me and then we decide to do our own thing we go through a phase of rebellion and then we make stupid decisions and we get really hurt and we get washed up on the shore of the other side of that into adulthood and we're like now i understand what, what all those rules were about they're meant to protect me and, and 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 now I can integrate it into my life because now I understand and I'm choosing to and then you become a mature human being right and that's what can happen in our spiritual walk too so like his point was is that sometimes if if, if you're in a rigid beliefs system and you lose your faith that's not regression that might be growth Maybe you have to lose your faith or, 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 or some version of it where 
you question it at all, you know, and it all falls apart. And you have to go through that in order to get into the next phase of sure, you know, integration. So, and I and I think that it's become sort of the popular word, but. I mean, I know that um, like Kevin Max recently, he came under some fire by admitting that he's kind of deconstructed his faith. To, so, but but he even said to kind of find my way back to it. And and I feel like a lot of people I know are going through that exact same thing. I have a friend who has said to me recently, he goes, man, as of this moment, I, I I'm no longer a Christian. I'm stepping out of what I've been taught so yeah. that I can, with a clean slate, dive into, okay, I, I want to find the real Jesus. Yes. And, and, and he admits if he's even there. Now, I truly believe he will find him yeah. and he will find where he's supposed to be. But I feel like kind of breaking down your faith, why do I believe what I believe? Why and and you know and again is it because the scriptures have spoken to me because God has put this, um, put the these words in front of me that have allowed the Holy Spirit to mold and shape me, or am I subscribing to this because again, like I said earlier, someone I respect, care about, or want to like me, you know, and so I think a lot of people are going through that, or it's just hey, it's what I was told to believe and I did, and I you know and I often look at too. I think part of our problem, and 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 I, you know, we're going to wrap up very soon. I know you probably got to get some rest. You know, you had a couple concerts to go, but I feel like one of the biggest problems, and I think it, this might be unique to America, is, and and again, th- this may sound conspiracy theorist, but I think one of the reasons why we're struggling as a country, as as Americans who are in church and believe in God and Jesus. I think one of the reasons we struggle is because from the time we're a child, now you may not have been grown up this way. I did. Most people I know did. But from the time you're a child, there's, you know, you're told about Santa Claus, better behave or you're not going to get presents on Christmas. Or you're told about a tooth fairy or an Easter bunny. A benevolent judge, isn't he? So, yeah, but, but at the end of the day, you're taught about these things that you can't ever see that will do something for you if you behave a certain way, you do a certain thing, and then you get old enough and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, but that's not real. Oh, it's not? No. Then you go to this. Then, oh, sorry, that's not real either. And then by the time now you're an adult and this this Jesus guy and this this God, it sure sounds a lot like all these other things, you know, behave or you'll get something for it. Um, or, you know, or, or, or just this unseen thing that is magical and powerful and special that I don't ever get to see. This sounds a lot like that. What's to say that that's not the next big thing that someone's going to go, Oh yeah, sorry about that. Uh, you know, so I think that, you know, I think that that's where I actually regret doing all those things with my children, the, the Easter bunny and all that stuff, because, you know, you do it as a social norm, but now I realize we're, I'm asking them to put their faith in something and then ripping it at, ripping it from them eventually. Right. How horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or so and, big jerk. Well, that's how it feels. And it's like, because now, now I'm going to ask them as a, as you know, teens and adults, you know, where, 
the common thing has been believe in this and then eventually it's just you're going to find out it's not real. And then now here's this thing that, let's face it, Christianity, being a follower of Christ, believing in God is hard, especially with a lot of the things we see around us all the time. I mean, I, I listen, I'm not afraid to admit this, but when COVID hit and all these shows got canceled and like so much just awful stuff was going on, I texted a couple of friends of mine who uh, like they've spoken so much into my life. And I'm like, dude, either God left the building or he's not real, man. What's happened? How did this happen? And, you know, they, they all sort of just they, they talked me off the ledge and they're like, dude, I get it. But let me and they spoke. They kind of talked me off that. But it's like, man, may, maybe that's maybe we're kind of now reaping what we're, we've sown between how we've been raised with things to believe in and then eventually it's just not what we said it was and then now we have this access to information where there's 50 ways to believe in the same thing yeah in one on your phone in one second i mean i could be in a song right and go hey what does philippians 4 13 mean and i could find five different explanations and contexts to use it in yeah. and i feel like that's dangerous because what do you believe anymore because so much of your life you've put you know, you've been taught to put your faith in something and then it goes away. And now it's like, hey, put your faith in this. And here's all these different ways to look at it. It's hard, man. Yeah, it's hard. Like, does any of that reveal our desire for order? Well, what I, to me, what it reveals is what you talked about earlier, though, is looking at ourselves and focusing on our time in the word, not, you know, not trying to glean from someone else's time in the word. Like a lot of us do like listening to podcasts or sermons. It's, it's, it's for us to dive in on our own faith and our own walk with the Lord more than ever, rather than again, getting sucked in. And because then what happens is we don't do that. And we blame the church. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that that sort of circles back to that, whereas ultimately, I think, yeah, we have all these things going on that make it difficult. But, you know, again, to circle back to everything you talked about earlier is that, man, it, it it's an it's a people problem. It, it, it's ultimately an us problem. Yeah, it's it's it starts with us, you know, and that's the that's the struggle, man. Am I going to scripture for it to tell me the right thing to believe? Uh, or, or am I going to scripture continually for asking it to reveal the log in my own eye? Show me where I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I, 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 I think that's what scripture is for. And I think everything in us wants to use it as a, give me the, tell me how to live. Tell me the right thing to agree with. Give me defense against the chaos i want to be i want to be right i'm going to use this book to be right you know wow you know i've never heard it put that way but that is that is gold that is wow you you know what that is probably the right way to look at it Mm because i look at my own life like and maybe you can agree with this so i struggle like when i'm part of a worship team i hate when i you know service is over and people walk up hey man sounds good sounding good sounding good i hate that tell me 
like I want the worship leader to be like, yo, man, your timing was a little off right there. Hey, you're a little pitchy on the bridge. Be careful. I want that. Tell me what I've done wrong. Yeah. So, but yeah, yet, no, when I'm in the word, I'm not looking for what's wrong. I'm looking right. for where am I doing a good job, God? Wow. You know, that, like I was, I was thinking recently, just unbeknownst to myself, or yeah. all my life, I've been reading like the Gospels, identifying with with heroes or people I wanted to be in the Gospels, <laughs> and and have just begun to learn the value of like, what if I read scriptures and I actively try to identify with the villain? What might I discover about myself? You know, because if I read the gospels and I don't see that one of the things the gospels is a saying that the Pharisees, those who were most interested and invested in the coming of the Messiah and, and, you know, expectant cared about it that they were the ones who who missed them and if i don't see myself in that they're like oh that, that's not just a possibility that's actually likely that's probably going to happen i'm going to miss god because i you know because i won't recognize the way that because he's he's not sh- showing up in the way that i i thought he would you know um, yeah yeah it, it's uh and it's tough you know, like I'll look through scripture and realize, man, I, I'm Martha today. Or like, yo, I've been Job for the last few months, man. Like, I'm not one of the heroes right now. I'm one right. of the <laughs> I'm one of the crybabies right now, you know? Yeah. But um but man, th- this has just been an awesome conversation and, 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 and I mean I could I could go forever, but no, I know you got I know you got things to do and stuff, but uh, so what's what's next? For, what's next for Jason Gray? What's coming up uh, soon? What 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 can we look forward to uh, with you? Uh, just out doing shows. I'm, I'm really blessed to get to host a show on, on uh, XM Radio called Acoustic Story Time. Love doing that. But the main thing I'm working on these days is I'm trying to write a book. So. Okay. Would like to get now, that done sooner than later, but it's difficult. <laughs> yeah. Is that something that you're doing on your own, like hitting, the, you know, uh, pen to pad or, or finger to keyboard, or do you have like a writer you're working with to oh, organize it all? I'm doing it on my own. And then after I have like 10 or 11 chapters, I'm going to send it off um, to a publisher and then an editor see where it goes from there but i need to give them something to kind of look at first and right i would any problems might be or that kind of thing so well if hearing your music hearing you speak i've i've attended um i attended one of your uh, acoustic story time um, mark um yes mark martell thank you yeah. wow he, yeah but uh, i was there what a night what what a night that was such a good good night and um so yeah like what you what you what you do with that is just um is phenomenal and and i wish more artists did that and uh looking forward to the book looking forward to more music from you and uh thank you so much for being on the podcast i hope that i hope that people understand you know our hearts in you know a lot of what we're talking about is just and it's just real talk 
Um, I just want to summarize this whole thing of, look, we're not, I don't think either of us are trying to say, this is what we know to be true. You should all subscribe to these ideas. This is just honest talk about what we're seeing, working it out. And and, and that's what I want this podcast to really be is that um, to see whether it's well-known artists or people you've never heard of uh, who you know, do have faith. Um, we all, we all come at it from different angles. We all deal with stuff. And, uh, I just, um, and I, I hope that, uh, the viewers who watch the video or the listeners of the podcast can glean something from this and, uh, you know, love to, um, you know, if anyone wants to yell at me about any of the things that I've said, you're welcome to reach out, leave poor Jason alone. Well, I'd say, I reserve the right to be wrong about all of it. And, and, and oh, I, a thousand percent. Because I've been wrong about so many things, you know, so I'm, 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 uh, I've got good, I've got good practice at being wrong. Yeah. Hey, can I close us with uh, a one minute song? You know what? Make it a, as long a song as you want it to be. Yeah. Rock and roll. One minute. Just uh, some of the things we, we talked about. I thought, oh man, I'm like, See if it's okay if I end it with uh, this song. Yeah, totally. Uh, what the hard times taught me. I was made in the hard times. That pain is a gold mine. It'll make a poor fool wise. Mm, yeah. It got real in the hard times. It hurt bad, but I don't mind. That hurt will make a hard kind. I believe that I'm where you want me I can see from the place you brought me There's a life in the light of what the hard times taught me No, it didn't go the way I planned it Learned how to live open-handed In a brand new day with what the hard times taught me This podcast is brought to you in part by Tone Junkie TV, your best source for Kemper, Helix, and Impulse Response profiles. Check them out on YouTube, all social media at Tone Junkie TV. Also check them on the web store at ToneJunkieStore.com. Use promo code GOLLY to get 50% off site-wide. That's right, 50% off site-wide, ToneJunkieStore.com.